mad. We're fat. And we're loud. Joining us this morning on the newest episode of the Heavyweight Chumps, we're going back to, well, for us, back to where it all began. Uh, <laughs> the the lady who put us, gave us a reason to be on the air the first time, so if you don't like us, blame her. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the director of the Oxford Film Festival, executive director, Miss Melanie Addington. Melanie, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Now I'm a little scared, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we've been ever since. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to be back on. Thank you, guys. And I'm glad that we helped you get your start. It's a great little podcast, though. Uh, we are we are looking forward to being back. As a matter of fact, because of uh, involvement with you guys, uh, we will be at the MAG this year as well. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. So, uh, looking forward to that. So, it's a getting us into a new spot just because we've been working with you guys and we were told they like what we did. So I'll take that, you know? <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, in the mag, what started all is the first film festival in the state. So if you don't like us, blame them. <laughs> oh, I've been, I've been to the mag once and, uh, but it was back before Ron died. So it's been oh, a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what's, on the agenda for people this year in Oxford. I know... Oh my goodness, there's so much stuff. We have 88 events, 60 of those are movie blocks uh, over five days, so there's a, a little bit of something for everyone. Because it seems like you're going a day longer than you usually do, is there... Um, no, we started the Wednesday Community Film Night uh, a couple of years ago, um, just to sort of highlight our locals and give them a day, you know, just to sort of celebrate before all the others come in. <laughs> so, right, because the local film block used to actually, I think, be programmed on Saturday. Yeah, it did, yeah. So we sort of pulled that out to make it a special evening and um, try to get people started on the festival um, before it really kicked off Thursday. Well, and I've also seen, judging from social media, that you still have some openings for volunteers. Oh my gosh, so many. <laughs> we definitely need volunteers. Um, and what's great is if you volunteer so many hours, you either get a single ticket to a film or a bunch of tickets or a full VIP pass. So it's a great way to not have to spend any money, get involved, but then also get to have fun. So. You know what? How many volunteers do y'all usually have, Melanie? Um, 200 to 300. So we're still looking for probably another 100 right now over the next three weeks. So we've we're been def looking, definitely we had, needing people. <laughs> we, we had been looking for a situation to do another gift uh, giveaway gift basket because we've got the stuff to do one. Mm -hmm. So how about this? Put all your volunteers into a, into a drawing. Yeah. We'll do the giveaway basket amongst your volunteers. I love it. That's a great idea. We will do that for sure. Okay. that's That sounds like a plan. I'm glad I thought of it, Maddox. Yeah, I know you looked at me with a stupid look on your face, and it just seemed like what you were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you looking forward to the most as far as the films that have come through? What, are you, what do you think is going to be the biggie this year for you guys? Um, we already have a few, like, almost selling out. Bathtubs over Broadway is doing really well. Um, Don't Get Trouble in Your Mind, which is the Carolina Chocolate Drops documentary, is doing really well. And excitedly, um, a lot of our LGBT blocks are selling really well this year. So, uh, I'm really excited. Malcolm Ingram is coming back. Um, he did the film Small Town Gay Bar, and he has revisited, um, the small town gay bar situation in Mississippi during the Trump era. So he has a new film called Southern Pride that's playing. Because that We're was in, about that. that was in Meridian. Yeah, it, it was sort of well, the, it was sort of all over the state, and so is this one. So he goes all the way from Tupelo to the coast, 
and um, just sort of looks at what's happening. And then uh, Tom Huckabee is coming back. He hasn't been back since a film called Carried Away nine years ago. He has a film called Taking Tiger Mountain Revisited. I remember and, seeing um, him with that last movie. Yeah, yeah. So that's super exciting. I have to say that Malcolm Ingram is one that gets me. I, I have enjoyed his work, so that's... Yeah, he's great. Uh, is he going to be in the press junket this year? Yeah, he's um, he's coming to the fest, and I know a lot of the subjects of the film are coming as well, so that is the plan. <laughs> so. All right, so we need to prep for that one for sure. Sure. All right, so that's going to be a fun... I look forward to this. This is... Talking movies is my way. It's been is my way to spend a good week. So, <laughs> me too. Me too. Yeah, it's really it's so it's a nice mix of films this year. I have a couple new programmers, and they really just wanted to sort of emphasize a well rounded you know block of films. So we have anything from political to sports docs to music docs, and you know narrative is very similar in that it's anything ranging from like. A female, you know, struggling with her mid-40s and, and figuring out a new way to live all the way to, like, I'm trying to think of what film. I just totally blinked on all of them. Uh, oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Um, to, Melanie's um, watched way too many movies. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's true. It's true. Uh, to Antiquities, which is a great Southern doc. Um, we played the short a few years ago. And all the guys involved with it are coming. And Gordy, who's involved with it, his other project on HBO Detective Season 3, so we're very excited to have him come. Nice. Yeah. Now, I know in the past that you guys usually program a uh, last year, much like you did with the last movie star, uh, in, in programming a movie that's kind of the opening night event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have that again this year called Ghost Light. Okay. Talk about Ghostlight because I've seen a lot of publicity for that one on the on social media for that and for Drive too, especially. Oh yeah, Drive has Richard Spade Jr., but it was filmed in Tupelo with uh, Glenn Payne. Casey uh, Diller wrote it, so it's a Mississippi film with a supernatural star. <laughs> um, but Ghostlight uh, is a haunted comedy. Um, for those who ever did theater, there's a lot of uh, superstitions around Macbeth. I just said, but we're not on stage, so we're okay. Um, but the um, the film is, is really fun. There's a lot of big actors in it, um, and the director and writer is coming, and hopefully some of the cast are still working on that. So um, we'll see, but definitely going to be great. Roger Bart's in it, Carol Kane, a uh, bunch of people. That sounds like a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really you, you got me with one name. Game. When you said Carol Kane, you won. I love her. <laughs> yeah. I sure. have been a fan of hers ever since. I know most people would say Princess Bride in my generation. For yeah. Me, for me, it was seeing her play the mother in License to Drive. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I kind of forgot that. <laughs> I, I know yes. I have an affinity for that awful film, but it's one of my favorites from back in my childhood. I will never forget sure. her putting the ketchup on the mashed potatoes. It's just, yeah. it's still. Oh, that's right. Uh, oh, my God. I need to rewatch that film. And the fact that it took me until I was. It, I've only known for maybe 10 to 15 years that that was Heather Graham playing Mercedes. I know. I know. Early start. So weird to see her that young. And <laughs> oh man! But this year, being the this is the sixteenth annual festival. Am I correct or am I year off? I'm not thinking. Let me. No, it's, it's our sixteenth. Okay. Yeah, number sixteen. Sweet sixteen. Sweet sixteen. Yes. Yeah, we're doing a whole um, for people who come to the award ceremony uh, a whole prom theme just to celebrate our sweet sixteen. So we're oh excited about God. that. Oh my God! Okay, we gotta find the <laughs> we gotta find the fat boy T shirts with the tuxedo on the front. Yes. Oh yes, definitely. Uh, that that would fit our look. So that might be something we have to look into this year. Um, sure. But as far as people that don't know much. 
in regards to the festival, dude, it's good knowing that with you serving as executive director, because you covered the festival for a good many years before even becoming involved on a professional level with it. Um, yeah, I, I did. I, when I worked for the Eagle, I, I wrote a lot of stories about it, but I'd already been involved as a volunteer for a few years. Okay. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But, so I've been sort of in love with the vest for a long time, but definitely became more of a professional later on. <laughs> well, explain to people that may not know exactly what all goes into a, what, what, and I know this is going to sound stupid, but there are people out there that are listening that are going, what exactly is a film festival? How does it work? Explain to Mm -hmm. people what's kind of at their fingertips, what's available to them, Um, especially with the options. And the one thing that I discovered that I tend to like the most about film festivals and didn't expect uh, tends to be the panel discussions. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the thing is, you can kind of get a mini film school the week of the film fest because they have all these free panels. So you can learn anything about screenwriting, or um, this year I think we all Miss is presenting a panel about film school, so you can learn a little bit more about actually going into the film school. We have a, a table read with the short screenplay winners. You can learn about that. A female filmmaker forum. So if you feel like you're alone as a female filmmaker, we have everyone sort of gathered together, and it's a really great support network. Um, I'm really excited about my first film with Zia Anger. And she's actually, she, I saw this at Indie Memphis and totally stole it from them, which they know. So <laughs> shout out to them. Um, it's an amazing breakdown of her first film that completely failed. And just sort of, it's the most honest panel I've ever seen. And you walk away just completely inspired to make a movie. It, it's fantastic. So, and then we always do Sacker Mountain Radio before our opening night film, which is like live music, uh, literary guests. So that's always fun as well. Uh, who's playing this year? You know, I don't even know other than the musical guest is Sade Thomas. Because we have a feature film about her the next Sade day. from Tate so, County. Yeah, it's going to be awesome because she's always awesome. Um, but getting to that question of what is a festival, yeah, the workshops are definitely one part of it. Obviously, going to the movies is one part of it, but it's not like when you just go to the theater, watch a movie by yourself, eat some popcorn, and go home. It's not that experience. You're really, you're celebrating film and that you're watching a movie with a bunch of people that are super into film. Then when film's over, you don't leave. You talk to the filmmaker about how they made it and any questions you have. And then you go into the lobby and you talk to friends and people you haven't seen in a while. And then you go to parties that night. So it's it's really... The festival part is the key. And I think a lot of people think, oh, film festivals are just showing movies. That's not what a film festival is. Yes, there are definitely movies and we're watching movies and talking to filmmakers, but there's all this other stuff that happens with it. So it's really a five-day party. <laughs> so. It's As somebody that is, and, and you know me well enough to know I'm a complete cinemaphile. So for for anybody that's, that is a, a, a film buff, it is a complete experience. You can go in, you can watch your movies, you can learn how mm-hmm. to make, you can learn certain elements as to things that you didn't know went on behind the scenes of making a film, which yeah. I have, there have been several years that I went just to go, I didn't see, there were years I didn't see films because I was in panels the entire time. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and it's easy to do because that's the level of, and people have asked me, you know, who all of you met at these film festivals? And, you know, I've met so many people, but the one name that sticks out in my mind is I met James Best at the Oxford Film Festival. Oh, yeah. I mean, as a kid from the 80s to say, I met Roscoe P. Coltrane <laughs> in a panel discussion. And to the point that he actually remembered who I was when uh, Sally and I went to dinner that night, we ran into him and he stopped and spoke. I mean, he was anybody that I have had the privilege of interacting with that's been involved with that festival, either as an invitee or as a, as an actual employee or volunteer has been so helpful and so polite. You never deal with I've always heard sometimes that artists can get kind of reserved and not like talking to their to the fans. You don't see it out of anybody that you guys have brought in. They've all been so accommodating and taking the time to talk to people. Oh, yeah. No, everyone's so like, I don't know. They just get into the spirit of it and really want to stay. I remember uh, the first time Jason Ritter ever came, he booked, like some people do, for like one day just to be here for his film. And he was having such a good time. He came up to us and said, can I? 
stay longer, so we had to change his flights just so he could stay and hang out. So I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, you know, and the other thing I, I didn't even mention about the film festival, and this is why I love it, is you get to see films sometimes before anyone else. We have world premieres. Some of them have been playing on the fest circuit, but it doesn't mean that you've been anywhere near those films. And so you really get the opportunity to see a film, love it, before anyone else does. Like, for example, last year we had a film called Forever Be, which did fantastic here, played the festival circuit, and now today is premiering on Netflix. They changed the name. Um, but it's still now everyone's going to be posting about it on social media, like, oh, I just discovered this film. And people Forever are be, like, is that no, the, I saw that. that. That's the, the child abduction? Yes, she's abducted yes. twice. That was a called, phenomenal documentary. Yes, so it just came on Netflix today called Abducted in Plain Sight, and it changed the name. Um, and so when people are like, oh, yeah, that's really a good film. I just saw it on Netflix. And you'd be like, I saw it a year ago and met the filmmakers. <laughs> so for me, that's always a fun thing at festivals. That's funny. We did. We interviewed them last year. Yeah. Come to think of it. Yeah. I remember seeing that film and, and going, that was so well done. It was just... Oh, my gosh. It's such an insane story, too. Yeah. And so getting to find those, like, little gems at a film festival. And for me, also, like, learning about kinds of films that maybe you don't normally go and see. Like, I'm not always a sports documentary person or experimental film uh, fan, but I try them out at festivals because you never know what you're going to find. So that's always a fun way to sort of explore stuff you don't normally watch. That's It's because of the festival that I've actually started to watch as many documentaries as I have because right. there was one, and I want to say the name of the film was uh, Moving Midway. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I loved that. It was a, you, you didn't get to see this, Devin. It was, it's about a guy whose family was so in love with this old house they'd lived. The family lived in for years. The property got sold for developing, so they moved the house. Yeah, and it, it, was, it was just a crazy such story. a tremendous. I mean, so well made, and to watch them actually move it and what goes into actually lifting a house off the foundation, it was crazy to watch because I don't think yeah. they even packed the house up completely. They just no, there was stuff in it. It was a crazy story, yeah. And I think I think that filmmaker who was the subject also came, and that was such a neat experience to get to talk to him. Like, how did that even start? Like, were you like, let's just pick up our house and move? It's such a crazy idea. So, yeah, stuff like that is so fun to experience. Do we have anything on the level of rodents of an unusual size this year? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, the really popular doc that's been on the fest circuit, um, well, we have a few. Uh, Wrestle, Bathtubs Over Broadway, I really like Staten and Adam. Uh, it played Tribeca Film Fest, and it's actually about a local here at Oxford, so that's exciting. And then uh, When the Beat Drops is also really good. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think. There's nothing about rats. Well, and if, you, if you were a fan of Rodents of an Unusual Size, or if you are a fan of documentaries, I saw recently that they have signed with, uh, to. they're going to be put out by uh, PBS. Yeah, they just aired a couple of nights ago, so they're on PBS nationwide right now. So congratulations to those guys because I will be honest, I didn't. I went into that watching that screener blind last year, and to have made me sit through an entire film about <laughs> swamp rats is a pretty damn big accomplishment, to be honest. Right. <laughs> But well, it, and I'm a vegetarian, and I even wrote when I first screened it, I was like, I'm a vegetarian, and I love this movie, so everyone will. <laughs> I forgot you'd gone vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that did make that difficult. No, just a few scenes, but otherwise, I mean, what a tremendous film they made. Out of such a subject that I wouldn't think like, oh, I should make a movie about Nutria. And then they just made this incredible story, so it's good for them. And, you know, knowing that Abduction in Plain Sight and knowing that Rodents of Unusual Size is on PBS, that means it's available for us on demand. So, yes. um, 
may be a good thing that we go back and watch those and tie into this episode just to yeah. to let people kind of know some more about those films, especially mm-hmm. um, last year. Uh, is one of our favorite filmmakers going to be back this year? Is Sasha Lee Henry going to be there? No, she does not have a film, but she says she's working on one. So next year, fingers crossed. Good, because I, I love her. love her. Me too. She's the best. I know. She, she I definitely the, need more films from her. She was the first person that we talked to last year. She left such... Oh my gosh, what a great start. <laughs> oh, she left such an impression on us. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like everyone that we talked to last year was just so gung-ho and so glad to be there and talking about movies. I mean, this is... It literally, if you are a film fan, this is the ultimate vacation. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, and this year, we're really excited. I think two blocks don't have a filmmaker attending. Otherwise, every single block has a filmmaker or several filmmakers coming. So it's going to be Q&As everywhere <laughs> this year. You know, we should actually... Have, have you guys considered podcasting any of the Q&As? I, yeah, I would love to do that for sure. Um, that would be a great thing to do. Tell you what, a couple of weeks before the festival, I'll get with you and see what equipment we'll need to bring. Okay. I think we could probably make that happen at least one or two. Sure. That would be awesome. Um, because, I mean, with the, the press junket's usually on Friday, correct? Mm-hmm. So that means we could come in Saturday morning set up and do some of the early morning Q&As, which would be fun to get. Yeah, for sure. Especially for those people, the early morning, some of the people that stayed out and partied all night, like, you know, Melanie, (laughs) 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 that maybe didn't get up for the early thing and missed some Q&As, that way they could catch them and find us. Yeah, and I definitely, like, our our morning block, we had so many good films this year, like, there's no bad films, and, like, Yes, at 9.30 in the morning on a Saturday, it sounds like, oh my gosh, I don't want to get up and watch a film. But, like, they're all so solid at that time that, you know, suffer through, get some caffeine, get going, and you get to those morning, you know, films. It's really, they're going to be great this year. Ladies and gents, there's plenty of coffee places all over Oxford, trust me. <laughs> so much coffee, yeah. <laughs> and if the coffee doesn't do it, there's a hell of a beer store, too. Yes. Well, there's a bar at the Malco, so you can just keep going. And just, you're, you're fine. Oh, yeah. I forget <laughs> you encourage drinking and watching. <laughs> yeah, you can bring your beer into the screen. Like, we love that theater. It's a great venue for us. Does that mean we can bring our own cooler? I don't think they allow that, but yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you can drink out of our cooler, but I mean, you know. <laughs> um, now, for people that don't know, uh, let everybody know what, as far as tickets are available, how much they're looking at spending for the weekend, because mm-hmm. to the, to me, the price for a weekend is way beyond reasonable. Oh, yeah. Especially for the <laughs> um, amount you get to to take in. For sure. Um, so the VIP pass, which lets you into every film, into every party, into everything, plus the green room tent where we feed you three meals a day. Um, is $175. Uh, the value is about $1,000 if you actually go and do everything. Um, and then, other than that, non-pass holders, you can do a 10-pack or a 5-pack ticket package where you can get 10 films at a discount for $100 or a 5-pack for $50. Um, there's a regular ticket for 15 so you save basically two tickets free at the 10-pack or one free at the 5-pack. We've added this year, it's brand new, a student pass for $50. So it's the VIP pass for 50 bucks for students. So you get everything for only $50. We're totally losing money on it, but we want to encourage high schoolers and college students to start attending festivals and really get involved. Um, and then there's a family film fest. It's all day Saturday. It's for kids seven and up. And that's 10 bucks. They get pizza. They get a workshop. They get a block of shorts and a feature film. So it's a fun day for them. That's, this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm hoping we get to see if you, we, we'll get to watch more movies this year because we'll have our things a little bit more scheduled. You know, going in last year's our first event, it was, and for me being kind of not being involved there for a few years, it was just kind of going in going, okay, 
what's changed, what's different? Oh my God, look at all the people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's grown a little bit. <laughs> um, well, and I, I say the one downside to a film festival is you can't possibly do everything. There's four or five movies happening at one time. Ball is also a panel and, you know, or food in the green room. So it's, it's, you have to make choices. I mean, no offense, um, but we missed basketball last year. Come on, oh, we, we yeah. missed the tourney. Fun. It was so much fun. <laughs> if we'd have been able to find one more fat guy, we could have dominated. <laughs> I don't know. The, the team that won was pretty hardcore. So, um, yeah. So, unfortunately, we don't have anything fun like that this year to, like, play a tournament. But maybe next year. And, and now, now, next year, there's going to be some schedule change, too, correct? There is. Yeah, we're actually uh, a big change. We're moving to March 25th through 29th, starting in 2020. And that's um, to kind of get away from award season? Yeah, the Oscars decided to move to our weekend. They did not ask us. <laughs> um, the bastards. And, <laughs> yeah. And so it, that would just kill the fest. Like, people are going to be either at home watching the Oscars or filmmakers are going to be in L.A. They're not going to be coming to Oxford, Mississippi. So we, we looked at it, and really two weeks after South by Southwest, it's just a great place on the festival circuit. Plus, we're hoping the weather's nicer in Oxford than in February. <laughs> so, all around, it's an exciting change. It will be nice. That is definitely something. Next year, it'll be warmer. We can wear shorts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we'll just have to compete with sunshine to get people inside in a the theater. It's going to be the problem. Oh, no, trust me. Y'all program enough movies to pull them in. Yeah, for sure. That won't, that, that won't be the issue. Um. Melanie, do you guys still have stickers from last year from us? We do, yeah. We're going to use those again this year for sure. I thought not putting a year on them would be great that way in case you had extras, they could come back out one more year. So that mm -hmm. was kind of the way I was looking at it. Um, Good. But we are definitely looking forward to being there again this year. Uh, I'm going to partner this up with some brief reviews, like we said, of, of Abduction in Plain Sight and for... Uh, rodents of an unusual size because they are both uh, festival veterans so we're going to pair those with this episode to put one out to celebrate the film festival and uh, probably pull maybe a quote or two here and put together a commercial to run from between now and the festival on the show that's great thank you for your help um, we want to thank you guys for being as supportive of us over the year it uh, means a lot for us, especially being as, as young in our start doing podcasting as we are. And we look forward to recording podcast with the junket and also podcasting during the festival uh, from yeah. some of the Q&As. It sounds like we're going to have a blast. So, uh, Yes, we're excited to see you guys. Um, but we will. I will get back with you probably next week. What days of the week are, are best for you? Monday through Friday. <laughs> okay, anyway. so just uh, usually just mornings are better for you. Yeah, it it, it just really depends every day. As we get closer to fest, it's just sort of where I can fit things. But really, just let me know, and I'll I'll find some time. For I'll you, get that. Sure. I will definitely get that squared <laughs> away, Melanie. We appreciate you. Uh, best of luck, and we will see you in just under a month. Yeah. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. That's right, Oxford. We're coming in, and we're coming in like a hawk in heat because we are back, and we are hitting up the Oxford Film Festival, and we cannot wait. Kaka. Okay, yeah, he's the one in heat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, first things first, we want to thank Melanie Addington for taking the time to, to talk the 16th annual Oxford Film Festival in Oxford, Mississippi. This one being held at the Malco off Sisk Avenue, um, February 6th through 10th. Don't get made on. Um, you know what? Pause that. Let's look that up before we lie So, Oxford 6th through the 10th of February. We're coming. And we are bringing everything we got with us again this year. Uh, last year as our first event as the heavyweight chumps, we packed up all of our things and we took ourselves over to Oxford only to walk into what was called the filmmakers lounge and be looked at like we were lost. 
<laughs> Who are you? What are you doing here? Well, they didn't tell us any of this. <laughs> um, luckily, you know my rule. I always prefer to get somewhere about 20 minutes before we need to be. So if we have that issue, it gets resolved. Right. Um, and luckily, there was no major issue. Once they figured it out, we were all good to go. As a matter of fact, the second day, they were willing to keep our equipment locked up so we didn't have to haul it back and forth. So uh, thanks to for the help on that front, because last year, we were hauling a lot more stuff than we will be this year. Uh, but last year, last year was an interesting festival in for us in that it was our first as a podcast. It wasn't my first because I had covered it for years professionally in the past. But going in to this particular festival last year, I knew when we walked through the doors, you were okay. But the minute that room filled up, you, honestly, you, Kind of looked like a deer caught in the headlights. I was a deer caught in the headlights. Um, but you you figured yourself out pretty quick. You, you adjusted it. You came to it. You, in the last year, you, I'll be damned if I can't say you've almost become a true co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I've upgraded from computer bitch. Well, no, you're still sidekick. You ain't moved all the way up. But I mean... I keep telling you, they keep calling you thunder cookies. I'm going to get downgraded, so i got to do my part here. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, last year we had the chance to interview and, and sit down and talk to some people that were just great, great folks. Some we've had on since the festival. Um, quite frankly, I think our favorite sit-down interview was Sasha. Yeah, it's going to be between Sasha and the Croc Chronicles guys. Yeah, Sasha Lee Henry was early in our interviews. Yeah, she was the very first. And she ended up putting us so at ease and being so lighthearted and so likable that we had so much fun with her. We ended up having her back for an interview that ran later in the year. Um, The Cop Chronicles guys... Uh, don't think they're back this year either. Um, after what you said to one of them last year, I kind of don't think they'd talk to us anyway, but you know what? <laughs> Detective Hard Nips needs to get over himself. Um, but I will say this. Those guys were great. The way they did the interview starting off and everybody introducing everybody else, so you never knew who the hell you were talking to the entire time. Uh, I could tell you which one was Mark. That's about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at this point, but... Uh, you know, we got the chance to talk to these guys, and, and for me, it had been a while since I'd sat down and talked in the film. That that world had been so foreign to me for three or four years, because I had been out of the spotlight, of the, or kind of out of the realm of the film festivals. I wasn't going out because I wasn't covering them for work. Um, but to get back in the door and get back in with that crowd, just the fact that we got to sit and talk and have so much fun with all these people. And, I mean, we got welcomed in like we were like we were supposed to be there, almost. I mean... Right. After the initial, who are you? What are you doing here? What do you do? You're, you're with who now? Yeah, that was us. But uh, <laughs> um, I do have one request this year. Don't put us in the back corner on the round table. Please put us in there in the closet. We'll get better sound. Right. That sounds really bad for two guys to be asking to go in the closet, but that's the best place for us to record. That being said, last year's lineup for films, boy, we watched a bunch. Yeah, we did. And it happens that three of those, as we briefly discussed with Melanie, are now available to the masses. Uh, I think we start... I think we start with Sasha. I mean... You look at her short film from last year at the OFF, the Bitches Love Brunch. Bitches Love Brunch is a modern tale on basically what not to do when dating and what not to tell your friends. Um, and the whole swipe left, swipe right. Yeah, it is. It's a modern, it's almost a modern romance story between the friends. 
Right. Um, and it shows just how much you depend on your friends, especially if you start dating people from ugh, the computer. <laughs> and we've, I mean, don't get me wrong. You could, we, we've heard from fellow podcasters that have even played on other people's Tumblr or, or, uh, t- Tinder before. So, uh, shout out to Christina Almy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we, also, that movie, just because it told such a great story in a matter of less than 20 minutes. Definitely. Um, out of the short film genre, that was my favorite last year. No, I mean, and that's easily my favorite. Um, as for documentaries, while it's not necessarily my favorite that came out of the festival... Uh, readily available, although with a new name, with a new title on Netflix, the film that was available at the festival last year by the name of Forever B, about a young girl who was abducted not once but twice by the same man who was a neighbor of the family. Um, the film is now available to you on Netflix. is called Abducted in Plain Sight. Same film, no changes other than just a change to the title. Um, but it shows that parents can be as much at fault in these kind of situations as the child and the person actually doing the abducting because for a child to be abducted twice by the sex door, mommy and daddy weren't paying attention to something. They were very naive. And that naivete almost cost them, that's right, I said naivete, almost cost them their daughter. I mean, it it put her in a state of brainwashing for umpteen years, and and it damaged her relationship with her family, with her sisters. Um, As for the guy involved, B, as they called him, B had his own problems, and if you watch the film, you'll understand it. You'll also understand why he was able to somehow uh, blackmail the parents into actually sending their child to be with him at 13 to 14 years old because the quote-unquote alien said that she had to have a baby by the time she was 16. Yep. Now, I'm sorry, but... And I've heard a lot about aliens. But everything I've ever heard about aliens always tends that the aliens like to do the butt diddling themselves. They're right. They like to probe. Mm. So either he was trying to cut off his alien overlords or he's making some shit up. My guess is he was making some shit up. And he did it so, so convincingly to the 13-year-old. How hard is it to convince Although I will say this, at 13 to 14 years old, she should have had a better head on her shoulders too. But this again goes back to the parents. And they were in Utah. You're in a Mormon environment there. For lack of I don't want to piss off the Mormons, um... They're not much aside, they're not much far removed from being aliens than damn selves. So um they had and you see this you, you see this with all the cults. It's always seemingly the, the uh Latter day Saints or the Mormons or you know, and it's it's more commonplace than normal and to me, it's just the fact that law enforcement did, what would you say, the very least amount possible to make this go away? Yeah. Um, they, they were minimalists. At best. Now, from there, there were some things that got a lot more interesting. Last year's... Probably one of my favorites turned out being rodents of an unusual size. That was kind of creepy. Well, yeah, and I mean, but we went into it knowing, well, there's got there's not really a big horror contingent in the festival this that year. 
So we were looking for something slightly creepy. And I didn't realize when we were watching the the, tra- the teaser trailers that we had or access to the screeners that I didn't realize that it was listed as a documentary. I thought, ooh, a cool movie about great big rats. This could be fun. Because I remember as a child watching a movie called Rats as Big as Dogs. I never saw that one. Uh, I want to say it was kind of tied into Cat's Eye, the old Stephen King anthology, if I remember correctly. But I thought, well, this will be cool. And no, it turns out to be a damn documentary on how Nutra have overrun the the bayous in the, Louisiana and how it's causing so much that they have started to do a conservation for land that they're giving away money for people that can kill as many nutrients they can bring in. Now, I'm sorry, but I know some Cajuns, and they're going to be pissed off because you're cutting back on their food supply. <laughs> yes, they do eat them. They like their cereal with nutrients sweet. Yeah. That's right, folks. I went to. But looking at what we've got coming in this year, what What's got you, what are you looking forward to this year? I know I'm going to miss the fact, and I hate that we missed it last year. I hate that there's not a basketball tournament this year. Man. We could have entered this. We, we could have won this damn thing, man. We could have been a contender. Adrian! Hey, man, my name's Matt. It's not Adrian. <laughs> but, it, you know... But tell me, what what what's year two for you? What's it going to bring? What's coming? I'm hoping more horror. I, I would love to see more horror films and the, the horror genre entered into the contest. I could see that. And I'm glad that it, if, if they do that, that it's coming at this point in the year and even next year it'll be coming in March. Because... I think you and I would both be willing to admit that October kicked our ass. Yeah, it did. Uh, To the point where I don't think we've watched a horror film since Halloween. I don't think we have either. Uh, And and that's okay. You know, you don't always have to watch a horror film. And I, admittedly, it was fun doing the Halloween run with all the different movies and all the different guests that we brought back to discuss them. But... You sit through that many of such one genre, and that's why I think I value this festival because there are so many different categories available to you. You have Mississippi-made music videos. You have the documentary categories. You have the LGBTQ category for all the uh, members of that that are filmmakers uh, to to enter in. There's an entire block for that this year again. Uh, You will also have a kind of a sequel film from a documentarian by the name of Malcolm Ingram, who some of those, some out there will know the name, some won't. Um, as far as a documentary, documentarian, he is uh, famous for making a film called Small Town Gay Bar that focused on the gay bars in the state of Mississippi. He also, at the time, did interviews with the, uh, uh, what was the name of the church? The, the, the Southern God, Baptist the God Hates Queers Church yeah, um, Southern the, the, they, they were I can't remember what the exact name was but uh, anyway that church and because of the footage he had left over from that that didn't make it into that film is what inspired Kevin Smith to write and make Red State Kevin and Right, Kevin and and, and and shit. Excuse me, I'm tongue tied here. Kevin and Mark. No, Mark Ingram. Not Mark. Mark Ingram's running back to the Saints. Oh, my bad. Oh Lord. Well, you said Mark Ingram. No. Pause it. Malcolm Ingram. I didn't say Mark Ingram. I said Malcolm Ingram. But. It started with an M and an A. Okay, you were close. I'll give you that. <laughs> but um, Malcolm has 
been a friend of Kevin's, been on several films, uh, on set while they've been making them. He actually was one that, uh, if you remember when Kevin was being protested pretty heavily by the Westboro Baptist Church, that's it. Hey, look at me! By the Westboro Baptist Church people, and they were holding up the signs, and they would be out there, and they'd be they, Kevin told the story, you know, it looked like there'd be eight, ten people down there. It's really like four or five, and they've got two signs each. So it doesn't look like, it looks like a bigger crowd than it is. And then that uh, the the Phelps family, Fred Phelps particularly, who was the one running it until he passed away. But they all had these God hates fags signs. And poor Malcolm, to hear the story, was having trouble coming up with a sign to take to the they were gonna, they were gonna protest the protest. <laughs> so Kevin asks for his fans to bring signs to protest the people that are protesting him. So there are people that show up with like Ewok posters with a Ghostbuster sign through them, you know, shit like that. <laughs> and there's a picture somewhere in a magazine. I will have to find it. There's a picture of Malcolm Ingram during this protest holding up a sign that just says, quite frankly, dick taste yummy. <laughs> and to hear Kevin tell the story, the reason that the reason that Malcolm got to do that is because Malcolm is gay, and he was the one that could say that without getting into any kind of trouble. <laughs> and I have always found Malcolm, even when he did, uh, he's hosted a podcast. He and Kevin had one together before they, they he's done that before. I, I look forward to getting a chance Hopefully to talk to him. Uh, I, I think his his entry this year is uh, it's a sequel. It's Su- Southern Pride is the name of it. yeah. It's a it's a sequel to it's kind of a follow up to the Small Town Gay Bar. Uh, so that will be interesting. And if you haven't seen Small Town Gay Bar, you can find it on YouTube. It's definitely worth checking out. Uh, I think when I watched it years ago, it I think I had to watch it in five parts. But it was a really good documentary. Uh, I was never able to find it on Blu-ray or DVD. Um, I also think that this year, it kind of looks like they've gone more for... (sighs) There's a bigger community focus, a community film element this year. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes because I know... Up until a few years ago, the community film day was always Saturday morning. So for them to be moving that this year to an earlier time for or for an evening at the festival, uh, hopefully we'll bring out people that maybe didn't have anything off but Saturday. They didn't want, maybe they wanted to come out after work. So anything that can get some more people to be exposed to these films and to these filmmakers because as independent filmmakers, you never know where your money for your films are going to come from. Uh, some you rob Peter to pay Paul, then you rob your credit cards to pay them both. Um, I say that because I've done it. So I know how that goes. I know it. one bad film can take you years to recover from. But these people do such a great job, and the people that are selecting the film have always picked quality films for this film festival, even going back to its first year in existence. There were some really good films. I've never walked out of that film festival thinking that there was a year there wasn't anything worth seeing. Uh, Although there were years I walked out of that film festival without seeing anything. Because I spent my time in the panels doing the... You can attend a miniature film school at the film festival if you do it right. And I think people that are filmmakers or just fans of film that want to see that side of the camera should pay closer attention to that because you miss out on a lot of those film panel discussions. You'll get a chance to hear from people that are celebrities. For, for me, uh, one of the years that I went, uh, creator of uh, Adventure Time was there. Um, probably my favorite guest to have met was uh, Roscoe P. Coltrane himself. He uh, did a tr- tr- he had a film there that he was trying to round up money to make a feature length, 
out of the short, and uh, he was extremely polite. He was just he, he was a genuinely just a pleasure to be around, and I had a chance to be around him a few times during the festival and a couple of times after hours when we ran into him going out to eat, but him to stop and speak. I mean, it was like, I thought, okay, I met you in a panel. You're not going to know who I am when I see you out in public, but I run into you in public and he speaks to me first. <laughs> so I've always said James Best may be one of my favorite people that I've ever had the chance to meet at this festival or not. So you never know when you're going to get the chance to meet somebody that could really change your opinion on how celebrities can act towards their public. And I can tell you that the ones that have been brought into Oxford every year, year in and year out, they love hanging out with the Oxford crowd. They love that party scene. And if there's one thing this film festival knows how to do, it's party. Yeah, they do. And for those out there that are still curious about how to be involved in the festival, they are still looking for volunteers. I think the last check I saw, they had 116 available volunteer shifts. So if you're considering it, call the festival, call Melanie, call over to the powerhouse, uh, get your name on the list, uh, sponsor to, to help be a volunteer for this festival and help to make it go off and continue to go off without a hitch. Because as we know, next year it will move so that it will be uh, following South by Southwest, which will probably, I would say, will probably bring even more of a selection of films to us next year. Definitely. Um, so it, it's been a lot of fun to watch this festival for me to grow. It's going to be fun this year to see just how far we've grown from one year to the next. Also, if you volunteer, we have a giveaway. That's right. If you are a volunteer for this festival, come by and see us. Sign up and subscribe to the podcast. And you will be entered into a drawing to win a $100 gift basket. So make sure that you get by if you're a volunteer and see us. Or you subscribe and just send proof by somebody and we will enter you into the drawing. We'll be giving this away Saturday afternoon. And we can't wait to see what you guys think of it, because we've got a few random things to put in it, but some things that people at movie festivals might like. <laughs> now, if you'll excuse us, we got a shitload of movies to watch. So, we'll get back to you in about three weeks. <laughs> so, until then, folks, We'll see you next time. Same fat time. Same, same fat, fat channel. channel.